Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. We are back after a week off of just trying to get our heads wrapped around redo starting sports um, and COVID. And so we have a new episode with Brittany Backofen, who is an athletic trainer in Nevada and also the rep in Nevada for the AT's Cares team. Uh, that is the main focus of this discussion and just talking about what AT's Care Um, and what that program is and what it can really do for you. And beyond that, just talk about some of the common things that they have seen as a group within the athletic training profession that really has been the focus of what they are doing to try and help peer-to-peer professionals within athletic training get through some of the tough times, no matter what that might be. So it's a very good episode with a lot of information on that. As always, we are powered by Mueller Sports Medicine. Please check them out as you get ready to continuously order throughout this upcoming year. Without further ado, enjoy this episode. episode of Athletic Training Chat. We are on with Brittany back often. Uh, we are going to be talking primarily about AT, AT's care today um, and everything that kind of comes around with that. Um, we were just ha- catching up on life in Vegas where Brittany is located and everything that's going on there. Um, as this recording on June 15th, all the casinos just opened, so that was interesting to hear the backstory. Uh, but before I keep rambling, I'd like to turn it over to Brittany to uh, just give an introduction on you know your background, how you ended up where you were, and definitely how you got connected with um, AT's Care. Sure. Yeah. So um, small resume bit. Uh, when uh, first studied athletic training at University of Michigan, um, moved out to Vegas for grad school because it was going to basically get paid for. Um, right now, I am the athletic trainer and I am also the physics department at Chaparral High School in Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, New role for me, I'm now the secretary of the Nevada Athletic Trainers Association. Um, And within the past year, I am now on the Nevada AT's Care team. So um, how I got into AT's Care uh, is kind of a bit of a story. Um, So I've been the AT at SHAP for seven years now. um, And you know, I feel like every high school has like that one great athlete. Um, you know, we had, um, we, we live in a lower socioeconomic, or my, the high school is in a lower socioeconomic area. And so, you know, we really try and root for these really great athletes to kind of move out and, you know, go on to do kind of bigger and better things. And, um, one of those student athletes, um, his name was Richard Nelson. He was a three-sport athlete, incredible at football, incredible at basketball, incredible track athlete. He was one of those kids that, um, you know, you needed some points for your track team. And so they'd be like, Richard, could you just, could you please do the high jump? Like, I know you haven't practiced <laughs> it in like three weeks, but could you please just, we need points for high jump. Um, and so he would, 
you'd be like, oh, okay, fine. And he would do the high jump and end up winning the event and then qualify for regionals and all in one day. And so, um, just incredible guy. Um, and so he got a scholarship to play at, uh, Missouri state, I think, okay. um, university. And so he went out there for his freshman year. Uh, he redshirted his first year trying to get bigger and stronger, uh, came back for winter break. I remember seeing him at school, like just kind of mess around with him. Hey, how's your first year going? Um, he came and watched a basketball game, all that kind of good stuff. And the day he was supposed to leave, his flight got delayed. And so he was at home and his sister and her girlfriend like got in a fight out in front of their house and somebody had brought a gun and he got shot on his front lawn, um, like died in his mother's arms. Oh, wow. Um, the whole, yeah, it was, it was completely devastating for our entire like athletics community, just our entire like school community. Sure. Um, you know, I remember like standing out in front of our school, um, you know, and there's like, you know, you have football coaches and basketball coaches and track coaches and they're, you know, kind of supposed to be the tough guys and mm -hmm. got all this bravado and they are just bawling their eyes out. I mean, uncontrollably crying. And like, you know, it's an interesting spot to be in as an athletic trainer, you know, because, you know, you always feel like you have to be the person who's calm, cool and collected. Like you kind of have you know, you kind of have it together and, you know, you kind of are like bottling up these emotions. And, you know, I remember like going back into my office and shutting the door and just being like, I just need to just cry this out. Cause I, I just, I couldn't hold it in anymore. And so, um, the PT company that I work for, we have like these monthly meetings. And I remember going to this monthly meeting after he passed away um, one of my former students was like, Oh my gosh, like, I can't believe he passed away. Like, I remember, um, I remember he was like the first athlete I ever interacted with when I was your student. And like, that was like another dagger. And, and so, um, Todd Hamburg, who is, I think he's the secretary of what, no treasurer of Florida. He's really huge into advocacy. Love him to death. Shout out to Todd. Um, he, I, I went up to him because he's one of the um, the older athletic trainers of the group. No offense, Todd. Um, <laughs> and I said, I said, Todd, like you've been around the block a couple of times, right? Like, have you ever had an athlete pass away on you? And he was just so nonchalant about it. He was like, oh, yeah, like somebody like now last month, former athlete like passed away. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know how you're dealing with this, but I'm dying. Like, I don't know. I'm not handling this well however somebody handles this sure. um and he was like okay so what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna call this person they're in this thing called at's care it's a group specifically designed for this and so they had gotten into contact with them and um you know he like had texted me and like called me and um you know i they kind of helped me just process what I was feeling and kind of what was going on at the time and um, was just an incredible, incredible resource for me, especially as a young professional um, to kind of help 
process what was going on. Um, and so I was like, well, this was really helpful for me. I'm probably not the only one who's ever done this. And so why don't I get involved in this? And so that's kind of how I got to learn a little bit more about it, did some research about what the group was and, you know, kind of the training that you need in order to do it. Um, and now I'm a huge advocate for it. So here I am. <laughs> That's quite the story on how to get there. Yeah. I feel like sometimes those are the best ones. Um, so that takes us right into our first question is just what is AT's care for those that might not completely know about it? And I know you mentioned, you know, interventions and trainings and you've got that on the list to cover. So I'm curious as yeah. to what all those things entail. Yeah. So um, AT's care um, is, you know, short elevator speech is the, it's a group of ATs looking to improve the mental health care of their colleagues. Um, we do a couple of things that are, you know, that kind of embody that obviously what um, the AT's care person did for me was that individual intervention. So, you know, I went, was going through a crisis they called me individually um, and said, hey, you know, kind of talk to talk to me through it. Um, let's let's just talk one on one. Um, another thing that we do is kind of a post event assessment. So uh, think of like the Boston Marathon. Um, so there was obviously a large group of athletic trainers who were working at the Boston Marathon you know, when that whole event happened. And so there was, you know, after the event, you know, we kind of, you do basically like a group debriefing um, and kind of uh, identify if any of the athletic trainers need more of that individual intervention um, or kind of uh, further mental health um, intervention. Um, the other part that we do is um, trainings. So if you're interested in more about learning about AT's care, you're, you know, want one more piece of, you know, you want to learn about one of the pieces of the mental health kind of first aid that we do um, or, you know, tools that you can use for yourself. Um, that's, that's something that we do. Um, I know that this group is only a few years old. So a lot of us are really trying to um, get trained in like the individual intervention, the group intervention. Um, there's also an advanced individual intervention um, training. I haven't done that one yet, but it's on the docket. Um, and then, then you can, um, once you do like all, all of those, you can train to be an instructor. So it just takes a little bit of time. Um, you know, I know that you can take some of these trainings like in your own state that aren't um, that aren't athletic training related. Mm -hmm. um, I personally like the athletic training ones because they're more relevant to me. Um, plus, uh, you get to meet a group of other athletic trainers who are sure. awesome. And um, and yeah, I, I I like to give back to the NETA too if I can. So, you know, I I I prefer to go that route. So makes sense. Are all these trainings that you were referencing, are they taught by fellow athletic trainers or are they bringing in 
because I asked you just out of curiosity, because we are trying to really work on our mental health within the play, institution I'm at within athletics, sure. but there's that fine line of like, what's within your scope, but when are you yeah. jumping over to this counseling scope? And so I was just curious as to how this group has gone and kind of built on those trainings. Yeah, great question. So um, the so the past two trainings that I have done, the individual and the group um, training, um, those were both um, done by Tim Neal. Um, he is an athletic trainer. I believe he is at Concordia University in Ann Arbor. Okay. Um, and he's phenomenal. Um, he is fantastic instructor. Um, and so, but the, uh, the AT's care commission, and I were, I know at FWADA we're working on kind of setting up our own. Um, and I think they do it kind of differently in each district or each state, whatnot. But I believe that the commission, um, the national one is, um, I don't know what the, uh, the, correct term of it, but overseen, I guess, by, um, by a, by a psychologist. Um, his name is George Everly. Um, he's fantastic. He, whenever we do our, um, we, we like to call it, we, we dump our buckets. Um, so whenever we've kind of got, you know, we do it a couple of times a year, we just, everything that we kind of been going through, we just kind of just dump our buckets and uh, George will uh, lead those sometimes or kind of challenge us sometimes kind of depending on um, what's going on. But uh, yeah, he is, he kind of oversees, I don't want to say oversees, but he works with all of us. I don't, like I said, I don't know what the proper term is. <laughs> no, I, I, get, I get what you're saying. I just, I know we get, and I guess somewhat rightfully so from some of those counseling and testing professionals and those ones where it's just like, well, stay in your, stay in your lane. It's just like, well, yeah, I'm not trying to work through mental health illnesses here, but sometimes people just need people to talk to. So. Sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, and we, I think we have the ability to work with psychologists and Mm -hmm. we have the ability to work with counselors just like we have the ability to work with pts right i mean you know there's a lot of pts that have that same sort of sentiment of state well stay in your lane it's like yeah but i have the ability to identify when you know what i think this patient would be better served if they went through pt you know um i have like i feel like i have the ability because i have the training to be able to say well you know what I think that this patient would be better served seeing a psychologist or seeing a counselor because, you know, the things that they're going through is beyond my scope. And, you know, I, I have the, I have a plan and I have the ability to be able to identify it and be able to move it on. Um, You know, that's why I would, I would equate to some of these trainings as more of like a mental health first aid, Um, you know, you, we can identify when somebody has an ankle sprain, right? We right. have the ability to say, we don't have x-ray vision, but we have the ability to say, you know what? I don't think it's just an ankle sprain. Like we're going to refer you on. And I, I would equate to this as kind of something similar. I like that. Puts it in terms we all understand. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, and I love, I love that analogy of, mm-hmm. you know, cause everybody That's tries to stay everybody tries to talk about like ending the stigma um, and being able to put it in terms that, you know, athletic trainers can relate to 
um, can be incredibly helpful. And why I think that AT's care is, it can be so beneficial is that, you know, when I was going through this um, crisis with Richard, you know, was I going to call like my corporate people? No, because I don't, I don't know them. Like, right. I don't think that they could understand what I'm going through on a daily basis. Um, and so I would much rather talk to another athletic trainer who I don't feel is going to talk to me like I'm not a professional and doesn't know the sort of things that I'm going to have to go through, um, you know, over the next 48, 72 hours. So that's, I think is something unique in this, uh, in this group is that we're other athletic trainers looking to help our colleagues, mm -hmm. um, or our students, our future colleagues. Right. So, so uh, now that I'm looking at this question, I'm trying to figure out how I, if I want to change how it's asked, but I guess even potentially you could answer this two ways, kind of maybe pre COVID and now in COVID because I'm, there could be some changes I would guess, but you know, do you see common trends within the athletic training profession that we seem to be dealing with obviously and hopefully you know student athlete deaths or athlete deaths or patient deaths are few and far between you know as much as possible with everything else we can do to help that out but just kind of other things that you might see athletic trainers dealing with yeah so um i I go back to the, uh, to the bottling it up and this kind of being like a bucket, um, or like a, uh, like a, a bottle of pop or cola or whatever people call it. You know, if, if you take that, that bottle and, you know, you kind of go through a little bit of stress and you shake it up and you keep on shaking it up, you know, with everything that you're going through. And, and it's not even just, um, you know, a, a death of a patient or a family member, you know, it's, um, I had to, I had to, uh, do the emergency action plan for the first time, or I had to, um, I'd use the AED on somebody, you know, I broke up with my boyfriend of like 10 years. I don't know, whatever it could be. Um, you know, I think that, you know, especially athletic trainers, we, we tend to bottle it up. Like I said, we like to put on that front of like, I've got everything together you know, I'm here to do my job and, you know, uh, I'm going to keep my bucket where it's at. Like, I don't want to dump anything out of my bucket. Um, I think if we did more of, you know, that's the, the healthy stress relief, um, I think it would go a long way towards our mental health. You know, um, I take my students through this, um, the self-care assessment um, every uh, a couple of months. Um, and it, it's interesting. Uh, and it, it handles a lot of different facets of, um, of self care. Um, you know, I think we could do, you know, I'm, and I won't say that I'm perfect either because <laughs> I'm definitely not. Um, but I think we could do a lot better ways to, you know, kind of take care of ourselves, um, and not just our patients. Um, you know, Joel, what do you like to do like outside of work? Do you have a, you have a stress reliever? Um, that's a, that's a tough one. Uh, probably a lot of reading and just continuing to work on projects because even when I get out of work, like I've decided to, I'm in, currently back at school. 
so that adds things to it um but yeah other than probably just hanging out and relaxing we have by the time this comes by the time we'll have our first child is my guess so i'm sure my stress relieving will somehow revolve around hanging out with the baby so there you go yeah i i mean i and making sure that we like do those sort of things every day you Mm -hmm. know or you know set time aside for ourselves to do those sort of things i think is just so important like i'm i play video games i love playing video games i play a little mario kart tour on my iphone that's my oh yeah yeah there you go (laughs) um yeah, I'm, I like to do, I like to play the Switch. We have like all the PlayStations. We have, I mean, we have like a whole gaming nice. thing in our house. Yeah. So, um, you know, but I take the time, like every Saturday, like we make sure to sit down and play some video games. Um, my husband and I, we used to do, um, we used to do like a Sunday morning brunch where we would just go to a new breakfast place yep. and try a new breakfast place and put our phones away, you know, so having those um having those little outlets to kind of manage that and do self-care and be around people that you know kind of help us empty our buckets um you know taking care of us ourselves physically mentally emotionally um is so 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 important yeah i can believe that that kind of leads right into the next question i had and you know, that was, you know, what barriers have you come across with athletic trainers reaching out for help? And I will be the first one to go along with everything you say. Like, I'm not usually one to reach out for help. I think I've gotten way better at it. Um, I've had this conversation with younger ATs um, that have come through. Like, I, in grad school, like, work came home with me. I was stressed. How do I fix this? What do I do? da da I don't do that hardly ever anymore. Um, not in regard to athlete care because of everything, you know, there's sometimes when you've got a pandemic, you think about things right. um, and some other things like that. But, you know, so I've gotten better at separating them. Sure. But probably yeah. still not going to reach out for help. So I guess, yeah, back to the question, what barriers have you come across? Yeah. So the not wanting to reach out for help is definitely, um, common trend. Um, like I said, I, I didn't reach out for help because I didn't know what AT's care was. It was a very new program kind of when I went through this. Um, but I think the best part was that I, I had somebody kind of in my, uh, in my circle that I felt like I could trust to talk about that sort of thing. So I would say, um, you know, making sure you have people in your circle. I know it's not a barrier, but you know, if Mm -hmm. some, especially the young professionals don't have that circle of circle of trust just yet. Um, so, you know, not knowing somebody on the team, I mean, I will say me when, uh, when the ATs care, person was like calling me and texting me (laughs) again I was in that ugly cry like in my office sort of thing and I I I didn't want to like pick up the phone because I am super self-conscious about how I sound when I'm upset and so me I was like I'm like ugly crying right now and I don't want somebody to like hear me ugly cry (laughs) 
<laughs> so, um, so that was, I mean, another barrier for me, um, that people are just self-conscious about it. Um, you know, I know that there was, um, an AED incident, um, at UNLV and I had a friend of a friend who was like, Hey, you might need to reach out to this person. And so I was like, yeah, sure. Like, let, like, let me know what their contact info is and done, mm -hmm. done. You know, they, then they were kind of like, oh, I don't know if she should reach out. Like he might be okay. And you know, he might not be, but I don't know. And they were kind of like, well, let's just see how it goes. Like wait until tomorrow. I mean, he was okay, but you know, I, to me at that point, it's just like, Hey, maybe you just need to vent. Maybe you just, you know, maybe you just need to talk to somebody. Like, I don't know. Like, um, you know, it just, if you want to call me, call me, you know? Um, but I think that that might be the other part of it. I think the biggest is the self-conscious part. Um, yeah. you know, just, <laughs> I don't know somebody or I don't want to put myself out there or, I don't know how, uh, how it's going to look to me, but you know, we're completely confidential. We don't record anything. We don't write anything down. Um, you know, it's, it's again, if you were to go see an athletic trainer for some sort of, you know, physical first aid, we document it, you know, we address it and it's, we don't talk about it with anybody else. So unless obviously you were a harm to yourself or others, then. Sure. Right. Um, kind of off of that, and this is more for my own curiosity, you know, for someone, for an AT staff or even somebody in your role, when you look at like your students, as you referenced, you know, what general recommendations would you have for like me, who is not super old in the profession, but have some younger staff members and we've got a couple positions that turn over quickly because they're part-time. And so we usually sure. get younger staff members gone are the days of the graduate assistant but you are right. still going to get young professionals coming right out of grad school are there things that people can look out for or should best practices for maybe checking in um with sure. them you know to maybe maybe just offer not necessarily the at's care level of help but even to get that first like hey you know what's going on all right if you don't want to talk to me which maybe not want to talk to your boss, but here's, sure. here's a resource. Any yeah. best practices or thoughts there? Sure. Yeah. Um, I would say know who your like rep is in your state. Do you know who your rep is in your state? Not a clue. That's and so I, that would, ask that. <laughs> um, I would say know who your rep is in your state. Um, you know, maybe talk about it at your next like state meeting or state gathering, you know, figure out who your person is or um, on the NATA website, it has who each of the um, district representatives are um, with their contact info. So you could even shoot an email to your district rep and say, hey, like, I want to make sure that I'm doing best for, you know, my staff. Um, who is, who are the reps in our state? You know, if we were to ever have an issue, you know, call them, say hi, like, you know, it doesn't need to be, a, um, you know, you don't need to just call them if there's like a crazy emergency. Um, so I'd say, you know, reach out to them, say, Hey, like, you know, this is who we are. We were talking with an AT's care person. We were interested in who our rep was. Um, I know, uh, at my school, um, at SHAP when, you know, I have, uh, athletic training students as well. And we usually do, um, kind of like a debrief of the week, um, every Friday, like after football games. So, um, you know, 
it's that time where you're kind of like you're cleaning up and you know you're kind of making sure things are good for next week um and you kind of just sit down as a group as you're waiting for the guys to get changed out of their pads and helmets and you know waiting for guys to kind of trickle in um you know before the weekend starts and we say you know hey how do you think everything went this week like you know they usually have like um like pencil and paper and stuff like that and they say oh i these are all the questions that i had um you know this again is sometimes where we have you know emergencies in the middle of a friday night football game it's a great mm-hmm. time to sit hey how, you know how do you think it went um stuff like that and just kind of talking with them you know same things you would notice maybe in an athlete you know are there um is what they're doing changing like are they usually like happy bubbly person and then you know they you know, don't talk to you they're super moody they have an outburst of some kind that's just uncharacteristic of them um things like that to look out for um is always good and just you know me i love to just get to know as many student athletes and many of the students as i can you know and again it doesn't have to be anything crazy you don't have to say hi to every single person every single day mm-hmm. if you get to know them at some level then you can ease more easily identify those changes of like hey you're acting differently than you normally do um and you can get the trust of your athletes too to say hey like so and so is acting normally or differently than they normally do you know maybe you need to talk to them um and maybe they need some help um so i think the more people that you can kind of get on your get on your team um it, it can be your biggest um help there um so i would say just talk to everybody even just a fist bump say what's up and mm-hmm. um <laughs> and just checking in especially those you know like you said those young professionals those students right. saying hey how do you think this went and kind of just letting them kind of express themselves um and dump those buckets Sounds good. Um, kind of the last general question I had is, you know, there's obviously the high school and the traditional quote unquote um, setting with, you know, college and sports and everything like that, but obviously a lot of new ones coming up, you know, physician, extender, industrial. Do you see any different issues based on those specific settings? Yeah, um, I would say that, you know, kind of like I was talking about earlier, it's it's so much harder to reach out to people that you don't know. Um, you know, there's very few reasons why, you know, unless you had somebody transferring over or something like that, that I, I would think that, you know, a university athletic trainer would just want to call or email like high school, a secondary school athletic trainer, right? So, um, you know, that again, that instance of, you know, somebody using an AED on university athletes, like, okay, well, I can, you know, go online and I can try and find their phone number, their email address, but, you know, unless I know them personally, it's a little bit harder to kind of make contact with that head athletic trainer. You know, usually it's like a friend of a friend, um, you know, kind of saying like, hey, they, like, they need some help. Um, So I think that that might be one of the biggest issues um, setting just at least from an athletic trainer to another athletic trainer standpoint, you know, the other thing I, I would think is, um, is just kind of like how each different like mental health support system is set up. 
So I know, um, like for us, like I teach at the high school that I'm the AT at. So, you know, I know a lot of the services that are available to student athletes. Um, you know, an athletic trainer who isn't there during the school day might not be aware of those same resources. So, you know, trying to kind of piece all those together can be challenging, um, depending on how your high school is kind of set up. Um, I know like the university setting, um, there are, it's, it's so different for each university. So I know when I was at Michigan, we had, um, social workers who were part of the athletic staff. So if one of our athletes wanted to talk to a social worker, they were right in the same building. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I know that other universities are not like that. Like they have like a specific, um, like counseling center or something like that. to where if they have an issue, then they have to go to the counseling center that's open for all students on campus. And in, in my experience that it can be a little hit or miss, um, with kind of like the level of care, not saying anything bad about the people who work there, but you know, just experiences from other people can, um, vary, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. I think that that would be, you know, trying to establish kind of those procedures, I would think at the university level would be a little bit more challenging. Um, and then I would say in other settings, you know, you're, I think it would be the same sort of um, challenges that they would get for going to see a physician. So like, a, you know, if it was a circ athlete, I, I don't know how their kind of mental health or, you know, that's kind of all set up. But, you know, I would, from my understanding of, you know, things like that is that they would have to go, you know, to their own sort of like counseling center, you know, just like they do a physician, you know, they have one that they kind of like suggest, but, you know, that doesn't always happen. Um, So I would, I would think that that would be um, maybe just a sprinkle of some of the settings, but there's so many settings nowadays in AT. but yeah, I would, I mean, I'm open to people talking about it on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Anything else around AT's care that we didn't cover that you'd like to talk about? Um, I would just say, you know, for people who are listening to this, um, look over your mental health emergency action plan for yourself um, and look over your mental health emergency action plan for your patients. You know, do you have a plan? What is your plan? You know, if someone is talking about hurting themselves or hurting others, or if they're not, and they're just struggling, do you have a plan? Come up with a plan. Um, I think that would be my biggest piece of advice. Have a plan just like you would if somebody needed to be C-spined. Sure. No, I think that's really good. That's something, again, we've been fortunate enough. We made a really good hire in a staff member whose passion for mental health is very, very up there. Um, And so they've taken it and run and we utilize the I can help um, methodology for looking at, you know, potentially somebody wanting to injure themselves and have actually trained up our staff and not only in the AT realm, but also the coaches, uh, which I awesome. thought was really good. And it 
it's been fun to see it come together because it is something that I don't know. It would have been harder to do if you don't find somebody that has that passion. So if I had a recommendation Absolutely. for people, hire somebody that has a passion for this because it is going to be hugely impactful. Absolutely. Well, with that, do you want to jump into the uh, athletic training chat questions? Sure. Let's do it. All right. Uh, first one is where do you see athletic training going in the next five to 10 years? And if you can kind of set the example, it doesn't have to necessarily be everything, but what you're specifically what you see. Sure. Um, well, hopefully like you were kind of talking about, we take a little bit more focus on mental health. Um, but I know at least in Las Vegas, you know, there's uh, a lot of industrial opportunities that are kind of starting to explode. And I think that people in the industrial setting are really seeing the value in us. Um, so I'm hoping that in the next five to 10 years, we explode a little bit more in the industrial setting. Um, and that there are also more athletic trainers that um, can value themselves as an individual business um, and maybe, you know, be uh, maybe their own, I mean, obviously still under the direction of a physician, but kind of taking it upon themselves and saying like, well, I can make money by myself if I do it smarts and I, you know, intelligently and, um, you know, correctly. And, um, you know, I can, I, I, I don't need the man to try and <laughs> tell me what to do. I'm good at what I do and I can do it by myself. So um, I think that there might be a, a few more athletic trainers willing to take that risk. Sometime around the release of your episode, we'll just say after, so I keep that. We're actually going to have an interview with an entrepreneur who has gone off on their own. So that we'll buddy that right up. It'll work well. That's awesome. What advice would you give yourself if you could go back as a younger athletic trainer and tell yourself something? Um, you know, I think when, especially when I was in school, um, I was so worried about like what other people thought of me. And so I would probably just tell myself like, you are who you are. Nobody else is going to change who you are. Just you have to accept it for other people are going to accept it. And everybody else can either take the heat or they can get out of the kitchen. So you, you do you boo. Um, and I would also say that it's okay. It's not be okay. I think that was one of the biggest things that I, had learned through this AT's care process that it's, it's okay to not be okay. Um, and it's okay to let other people see that sometimes, like you don't have to be superwoman all the time. Um, you know, it's okay to not be okay. Tell somebody about it, tell a friend about it. And then I probably just give myself like just a big hug. Like, You're going to do great things. Just stick with it. <laughs> Sounds good. Uh, what has been the most influential resource that you've come across in your career? Um, definitely my peers, my colleagues, um, you know, they're like, I just, I, you know, I can only fit so much Ram up in my head. Um, and so, you know, I gotta, I gotta connect the internet, uh, to my friends and to other people. Uh, so, uh, yeah, my, my, my friends, my colleagues, um, my husband is an incredible person. Um, he's not an athletic trainer, but he, is he's like one of the biggest AT advocates. Nice. Um, so he's just wonderful. 
Um, <laughs> there was a joke uh, for the longest time that uh, he was more involved in athletic training than I was because <laughs> he was like speaking at our district meetings and like wow. all these sort of things. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just trying to get my life together a little bit. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, he's, he's amazing. Um, I would say, and again, this is like shameless self plug for AT's care, but um, you know, you, you go to all these like CEUs and all like all these professional development things and you're like, Oh, that's interesting. Like, you know, I'll maybe take like one piece, you know, from here, one piece from there, whatever it might be. But that two day training of like, you know, crisis intervention for individuals was the best training I have ever done in my entire life. And I can say that with strong confidence. Like it made me a better athletic trainer, like talking with patients. It made me, um, you know, a better teacher talking with my students. Um, it made me a better friend to people around me um, because I had tools to talk to them better um, about things that they were going through. So um, I would say those three things. Fantastic. Yeah. If you could change or eliminate one thing, could be a modality, a common practice, a mindset, et cetera, in the field of athletic training, what would it be? Um, my students know that I have like a strong hatred towards ice. I just think it's so lazy. I just, I, if I could just never hear the word ice ever again, I would be makes, really happy. That makes me happy. <laughs> <laughs> I hate ice so much. Um, uh, and ibuprofen is also uh -huh. like my biggest enemy. Um, you know, th like people think it's just like this magical, like cure all, like take two, call me in the morning sort of thing. Um. I just, and my, it's funny too, because my husband will even like tell me, he's like, you know, if you're feeling like you have stomach ache or something like that, just, just hit, like take a couple of ibuprofen. Like, it's fine. I'm like, I don't need ibuprofen. Like I know why I have, like, I'm feeling this way. Like I just need to fix it. it I don't need the, the band aid. I need, sure. you know, the wound care, whatever right, it might right. be. But <laughs> if, I, if those two things could just like disappear from everything, I would, I would be a much better person, a much happier person, I should say. Yeah, hard to argue with that one. Um, I will agree. Finally, what does being an athletic trainer mean to you? Um, the I use this analogy um, when talking about why I love athletic training. Um, I really like puzzles, just of any kind. Do you do any puzzles, Joel? Um, I enjoy just doing like, like the traditional puzzles, like putting um, the pieces together. Like do you do together because it's do you just do like endless. Sudoku or anything like that? Like, um, I've done some Sudoku. I'm not very good at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's fair. life gives me crap because I will just stay on the difficult version because I can actually complete them which is yeah. nice. Um, she's on like diabolical and we'll sit and stare at it for <laughs> days and I, I don't have that kind of patience. Sure. So. Yeah. So I see athletic training like a puzzle like that, um, whether it be Sudoku or um, like word searches or, mm -hmm. you know, doing like a physical puzzle. Um, and so I always feel like, um, you know, you get a patient and you're like, oh, like my goal is to solve the patient's pain, right? Or whatever it might be. 
And so, you know, the more questions, the more um, observations, the more, you know, special tests, palpations, whatever it might be, all of those things are different pieces to the puzzle. And the more, you know, that you learn about how to put those pieces together, the easier that the puzzle is to complete. And, you know, you can take on more complex puzzles. Um, So to me, you know, patients like that is, is a puzzle. And I am, I'm like obsessed with puzzles. I love puzzles. I, we, um, go down to, um, we have like a house, um, in Arizona, right on Colorado river. And, uh, and I will literally like sit in the water and just do puzzles like all day and we'll just have the time of my life. Um, so, you know, being an athletic trainer to me is just a master puzzle solver. I like it. I, I, that's a unique analogy uh, that I haven't heard, but I, I do like that. <laughs> um, in kind of closing, anything else you'd like to share? And then on top of that, if people want to reach out to you, what is the best way? Awesome. So I would say uh, if you're trying to reach out to your AT's Care team, um, if you just Google NATA AT's Care, um, there, kind of like I was telling you, Joel, there's, you know, your representative for each of your districts, ways to contact them, um, and they can figure out how to contact your local AT's Care team or representative. Um, I mean, I have like seven email addresses, so I never tell people <laughs> to email me. Um, but I am uh, Shap ATH Training on Twitter, um, C H A P A T H. T-R-A-I-N-I-N-G on Twitter. So um, if you want to tweet at me, you can, or what what do the kids say? Slide into my DMs, whatever that is. Maybe. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, I think I'm also on Instagram. I'm trying to figure that social media platform out. Um, Fair enough. It's interesting. Um, But I keep Snapchat and Facebook for my personal use. Um, Makes sense. But uh, the last thing I would say to all of our lovely listeners would be do something for yourself today. Do something for yourself today too, Joel. Sounds good. I appreciate that. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much for being a part of it. This uh, gave a great background to AT's care, you know, for myself, uh, for I'm sure everybody listening too. So that is very much appreciated. Absolutely.